You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Attention Buzz Broadway listeners. The following episode covers the 2006 musical Spring Awakening based on the 1891 play of the same name. As a commentary on the sexually oppressive culture of the late 19th century, Spring Awakening depicts acts of rape, abuse, suicide, and abortion. We in no way intend to make light of these topics and instead wish to highlight the groundbreaking contributions this controversial work has made to society and art. Thank you and on with the show. Feel like you need a lift when the times are tough and your day has gone adrift. You can always press play on Buzz Broadway. Buzz Broadway. So just press play today. All right, babe, I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> right before what? we started recording, I called Amanda Babe, and she really hated it. And now I'm never gonna stop. It's the grossest thing. I can't, I can't be babe to you. We've been friends for too long. You're not. And you know what I realized the other day when we kind of had a little bickering fight is that the reason that we work so well together and also are able to process through like little disagreements so well is that we are literally like siblings. Like I've like my siblings are so much younger than me. So my relationship with them is so different and you don't have any siblings. So it's like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think, like, yeah. it's that for the two of us, you know? we It really is because we're, like, her brother and sister. Yeah. So don't call me babe because that's just weird. It is weird. You're right. You're right. Why would you call your sister babe? I would never. Great. Well, welcome to the podcast. Back on Buzz Broadway. We are talking about a show that I have not talked about since I was probably 14. Wow. I'm lying. This That's show an exaggeration. <laughs> this show recycles through my like cast album Rolodex every couple years. Yep. Yeah. And I just blast. I just blast it. But I haven't watched like bootlegs or any videos mm. or anything for a couple years, and I have such a shit memory. So I like rewatch oh, no. it, and I'm like, oh, that that happened. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> but yes, we are talking about spring. Awakening. So if you listen to our little disclaimer before the episode, please be advised. There are mature themes coming your way. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm getting ready. To, I'm excited to talk about this. I have a lot Me to too. say. You have a lot to say? All right, listen up. Okay? I didn't get come back here at me. to get tell attacked. Me, tell me these drinking rules. All right, Miss Harrington, are you ready? Oh, fuck. 
No. There's actually only two tonight. Okay. There's only two drinking rolls. Are they fun? I think they're fun. Okay, so we'll see. Okay, so based on the subject matter of Spring Awakening, the first drinking rule... Well, we have... I feel like by now we've established episode 19, 20, whatever this episode is. I feel like we've established that if you sing from the show, you have to drink. Tonight, you also have to drink every time you curse. Every time I curse? Every time we curse, we have to take a sip. Okay. Is that just the F word? No, any any swear. We're talking we're talking damn, hell, bitch, fuck, shit. I just said like seven, so take a big sip. <laughs> oh my god, that's gonna be so hard. I know. Because of songs like Totally Fucked. Oh, another sip. And, and songs the like bitch The of Bitch living. of Living. Uh- and the, and the <laughs> profane lyrics in Spring Awakening. Every time we curse tonight, we must take a sip. Not even the show, just me talking in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. On this podcast, at least. Now. Wait, that was that was two. Okay, so I guess there's three. Okay, hit me. So, next up. I was so inspired by last week's drinking rule from Amanda during our Wicked episode of Finish That Lyric. And because I did so well, I wanted to challenge Amanda to finish the wildly poetic... Ooh, not pathetic. Wildly poetic <laughs> lyrics of Spring Awakening. The show's lyrics just float on air, and I thought it would be a great opportunity to showcase yeah. Amanda's yeah. lyrical talent. Would you like one start to start off with? <laughs> Amanda's failure. This one is not gonna go. Are you gonna start off easy? Um uh yeah, I can start off easy. Alright, Amanda. Now you get little clues from me. You get to ask the audience. I'm the audience, aka the host. You get to ask the host for a little bit of help. If you you get to ask me to tell you what song this lyric is in. Okay. And if you still get it wrong, you have to take two sips of your drink. Okay. If you still can't guess what song it is after I've told you what what song, <laughs> if you still can't guess what lyric it is after I've told you the song and after I've said the lyric, you can then also ask for me to sing it for you. Okay. And if you still get it wrong, you have to take three sips of your drink. All right. Sound good? Sound fair? That, sound, that sounds very fair. All right. Let's let's go. Let's go. At, let, let me ask you your first one. Okay. Here we go. With its heartache, and its sorrow. Winter winds. <laughs> I don't yes. know. Winter Do you wind have a f- sings and it cracks. Oh, oh! I'm so sorry. You were so close, but the lyric is "Winter wind sings and it cries." Oh! I'm so sorry. You it's, must. Take that's a sip. gonna be me this entire game. <laughs> Shall we move on to this before we move on? You got it ready. I see your tangeray. Here it is, baby. <laughs> okay, ready? Three. I poured it too high. Three, two, one. It is Germany, 1891. A world where the grown-ups hold all the cards. Join a group of late 19th century German students on their passage as they navigate teenage self-discovery and coming-of-age anxiety in a powerful celebration of youth and rebellion in the daring, remarkable Spring Awakening. Spring Awakening explores the journey from adolescence to adulthood with a poignancy and passion that is illuminating and unforgettable. 
The Landmark musical is an electrifying fusion of morality, sexuality, and rock and roll that has exhilarated audiences across the nation like no other musical. Tickets available now at the Eugene <laughs> O'Neill Spring Awakening. That was a really upbeat description of an incredibly sad show. Yes, baby. What do you think I'm doing? I'm trying to make it entertaining. Before you tell me about who wrote the show, I want to tell you, I want to ask you another finish. That lyric. Ah, Okay, anyway. Amanda, are you ready? Yeah. See each night, it's like fantastic, tossing, turning, without rest. With my days at the piano, with my teacher and her breasts. Close enough. I'm going to give that one to you. I'm going to give that one to you because it's very close. You weren't as close. You were like a whole word wrong. The actual lyric is, because my days at the piano with my teacher and her breast. You said, with my days at the piano, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. I'm going to take a sip there, okay? Okay. Steven Sater, I didn't really look him up. So Duncan Sheik, Sheik? <laughs> Sheik. Sheik, a fun game we play every week. How do you pronounce this person's name? He was born, he wrote the music, born in New Jersey in 1969, studied semiotics at Brown University. Wish I knew what I that was. It, I looked it up, I don't remember. Good. All right. He moved to LA after school and played guitar for different bands. His big single was called Barely Breathing, and it earned him a Grammy nomination. He has been releasing concept albums and cover albums pretty much over the couple of the last couple of decades. Other things he wrote for are the musical adaptations of American Psycho, mm-hmm. which I... Have you listened to it? A little bit. I'm not in love with it, but... No? The music in this show, I'll talk about it later, how wildly obsessed I am. So I'm definitely going to check out his other music. So he wrote that and this other musical called Alice by Heart. He wrote that with mm-hmm. Steven Sater. But that's pretty much it for them. They're both still alive. So to be continued. Do you want to hear a little bit about how the show came to be? Tell me about Jonathan Groff. So Spring Awakening is actually based on a... Oh, you know what that sound means. <laughs> now it's time for another finish. That... Lyric! What if our listeners actually played along with us? Imagine that. We tell them to every week, and it's like part of our thing now, and guess who doesn't? Play along. Anyone. If you play along, take a selfie, take a video of yourself drinking along with us, and send us us a video, okay? We'll feed you on our Instagram. We will share it. Yeah. I will share it. Of course I will. Yeah. We'll make you famous, because we're pretty famous. I like to think so. (laughs) We have 200 followers, so. Oh my god. Last week, I I chased that... (gasps) I chased that gin with gum. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. I stuck the gum to the lid of my... I was like, why and is you it... just found it? I was like, why is it sticky on top of my gin bottle? And it's because... I, but I don't know what I did with the gum. <laughs> <laughs> did I keep chewing it? Did I, like, set it there for the whole episode and I keep I chewing it? I don't know. You chewed it. Me neither. Can't. All right, ask me my lyric, please. Yeah. And the whispers of fear, the chill up the spine... Can you tell me what song it's from? Mirror Blue Night. Can you repeat the, the lyrics? And the whispers of fear, the chill up the spine. You can ask me to sing it for you. You might get it. I can hear the... 
I I don't know. Should I just take a guess? Yes, just get just make something up. What do you think it is? The bones in the mirror of the blue mirror night. <laughs> How was that? Bones in the mirror of the mirror blue night. I'm so sorry. That is incorrect. The correct lyric is "We'll steal away too with the flick of the light." I was pretty Please close. Please take two sips. No, you weren't. <laughs> Oh Lord, that was funny. All right, what's this original production? The bones and the mirror of the mirror blue night. I'm getting that tattooed on my lower back. (laughs) Along with because I knew you. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) And you were like, Amanda. Oh, what if we got because I knew you tattoos? And I was like, No way in hell. I mean, no, thank you. (laughs) Tell me about the fucking show. Spring Awakening is based on an 1891 German play called Springs Awakening, which was written by Frank Wittekind. And the play was considered so controversial in late 19th century Germany that it was actually banned for decades. You could not read it. You could not buy it. It was banned. You could not engage in the play whatsoever. You simply could not. And then over a century later, good old Dunkey was like, hey, I'm a 90s singer-songwriter. I probably have a middle part. I play the guitar. (laughs) He was like... I, well, I found this play, and I'm going to write a song cycle about... How did he find it? That's a great question. So next, um, <laughs> that song cycle that he wrote would later become Spring Awakening. And over a seven-year period, the show was workshopped at various different theaters around the U.S. That's so long. Seven years? Yeah. Over a seven-year period, the show was workshopped at various theaters around the U.S., including the La Jolla Playhouse, and the show eventually landed at the Atlantic Theater Company. It opened off-Broadway on May 19th, 2006, and just a few months after its off-Broadway closing, the the production transferred to Broadway. It opened at the Eugene O'Neill Theater on December 10th, 2006, it would go on to win eight Tony Awards at the 2007 Tony Ceremony, including yeah. Best Musical, Best Book, and Best Score. Spring Awakening launched the careers of Jonathan Groff, <laughs> Leah Michelle, John Gallagher Jr., and Skylar Aston. But it didn't launch anyone else's career? <laughs> it launched a lot of other people's careers, but I just those are the four main people that it you know, helped. Lola? Lola Lopez... She lived in Lima. She lived in Lima, Peru, and she had a cousin. She had a cousin Harry, and uh, I'm done talking to you about this. And Harry lived way out west. Some of us have to work in the office tomorrow. It can't be hungover. He lived way out west in Honolulu. So one day, Lola wrote a letter. (laughs) I was on my way to hang up on you. No, the girl who played Ilsa. Her name's like Lauren something, and she Lauren Pritchard. Lola. Yeah. Okay. She was. The featured singer in Miss Jackson by Panic at the Disco. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I nope, am for that's real. Okay. Never no, meant to. That's the one she did, right? The, uh, right? No one else has heard Miss Jackson. Nobody knew this, but Lauren Pritchard is actually a member of Outkast, who sang the hit song, Hey Ya. We're going to listen to Amanda Harrington <laughs> tell the freaking plot now but before we do i have one more finish that lyric for you before we head off to our little break where you tell us about the plot are you ready honestly this question could give or take how the plot will go good i can't wait it's gonna be great okay Okay, you ready yeah 
Long enough for them to all just quit. There's not more? No, that's it. Can I ask it, like, if I know what song it's from? No, you can ask me what song it's from. What song is it from? It is from Totally Fucked. Drink. Oh, I did swear. You're right. Thank you. (laughs) But also, it's not what I thought it was from. Can you repeat the lyrics again? Long enough for them to all just quit. Long enough for you to get out of it. Well done, Miss Harrington. Well done. Now I have to take two steps. Yeah, you're people, right. Amanda, please tell us all about what goes on in the two hours and 20 minutes of Spring Awakening. It's 1891 in Germany. Venla, a young lady, is singing about how she doesn't understand anything. Mom and dad literally just won't tell her the things of the world, such as what is sex and how do babies get born. So her mom... All babies... Quick reminder that all babies want to get born. (laughs) All babies want to get born. All babies. Classic. Oh, she watched Juno after this. So her mom comes in. And she's like, guess what? Your sister's having another baby. You're going to be an aunt again. And Venla's like, mom, where do babies come from? And her mom's like, it's not time, dear. And Ven- <laughs> Is she Mrs. Potts? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Is she Mrs. Potts? Yes. And if so, why? Because I decided. <laughs> Angela Lansbury as adult women in Spring Awakening. Honestly, I'm buying a ticket. She says... You're not old enough. And Venla's like, I'm like, getting there. And so her mom's like, okay, you have a baby when you love a man very much. The end. And Venla's like, no! And then all the other girls come out and they're just as frustrated because they also don't know where babies come from. Like, mom, just tell them. Tell them. Hard cut. I'm playing Sam St. Jean, playing plot talker. Hard cut. Boys are in Latin class. Um, there's six boys. Moritz is sleeping. He's not really into speaking Latin. Just kidding. He's just not very good in school. He has a hard time. So the teacher calls on him, and Moritz messes up. And Melchior defends Moritz, being like, maybe he was just like thinking of this in another way. It just like, why don't you open your mind, professor, to to other things? And the teacher is annoyed, so he hits Melchior. Melchior is just trying to defend his best friend, Moritz. I just want to make sure the audience knows the names. So far, we've spoken about Venla, Moritz, and Melchior. <laughs> and Mrs. Potts. And Mrs. She's really mad. Okay. Off to the cupboard with you now, Chip. So, Melchior starts singing about basically narrow-minded adults, and he's just raging. And he basically says in the song, One day... We'll all understand everything. Okay. So after class, they've turned in their essays. Moritz goes to Melchior and is like, Hey, I haven't been able to sleep because of... Moritz is having essentially wet dreams. And he doesn't understand that that's what he's having because none of these adults have explained to him what sex is. All right? So he thinks it's like evil inside of him. And he's like, Melchior, you're my best bud. Can you please tell me what's going on in my body? 
professor comes back and Moritz just happens to be talking. So the teacher's all pissed off and is like, Moritz, shh. And so he stands up on his chair because they all do that a lot in this scene. And he starts <laughs> singing about being confused and how adults aren't telling him anything. And then all the boys are talking about how horny they are, but they don't know that they're horny because nobody teaches them except for Melchior because he knows everything. So Melchior does this really cool thing where he called back from the last song he sang and was like, all will know because they will know. Melchior is about to teach him. Just kidding. He's going to teach so they're, they're all just fucking confused. After this, they're all like, bye, I'm going home. And Ernst is like, I'm going home. And Hanshan's like, I will come with you. Uh, Count Dracula. <laughs> and Ernst is like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so Milky or Moritz are together. <laughs> Milky or Moritz are together again. Moritz is like, can you tell me everything that you know about this thing? And write it down in an essay. And then I'm going to study it. But also include some pictures. Because I want to see some boobs. And Melchior's like, I got you. So he's like, I'm going to write this essay. So. Hard cut, really. To the school faculty. And they're like, we love Melchior Gabor. Um, but we hate Moritz. <laughs> hard cut. Great. Great, great, great. You're using them great. Keep going, girl. All the girls are hanging out, and they're like, Melchior is so hot. And Mar- Marta's like, let out Moritz. And the girls are like, that's that's gross. And <laughs> they all like Melchior because he's smart, and he's a bad boy. Like, he doesn't believe in God. Can you imagine? So they start singing about their junk, which is private parts. Um, Georg... He's playing the piano, and his he imagines his teacher getting undressed because he likes her boobs. This is all during the song My Junk. Hanshin is masturbating the entire time. Oh. Oh. Can you imagine? Never. Not me. After this, Moritz is at Melchior's house. He read the essay. He's like, we need to talk about this. And then Melchior is like, let me roll you a cig. I'm sorry, you can roll a cigarette, you can have tobacco in your body, but you can't know about sex? Okay, parents. So, Melchior and Moritz talk about the essay, and he's like, touching. And then everybody in the ensemble is like, touching, masturbating. (laughs) It's lovely. So what happens when Melchior and Venla happen upon each other they in, the, run in, the, in the woods. into each other. Venna's like, oh, I'm picking flowers for me mom. <clears throat> Eliza Doolittle as Venla. <laughs> and Melchior's just like all annoyed. He's like, I'm pretty sure no good deed goes unpunished. So I don't understand what's happening. And they sit with each other because Melchior's like, stay with me. And Venla's like, I need to go. And he's like, nah, you can stay. So they sit next to each other and, like, seductively, like, dance around each other's hands. And they're basically experiencing their first, their first touch from another person, like, ever. That's not, like, a relative. Like, the first time a boy touched you? <clears throat> All right. So they're... From the top, make it drop. They're feeling lusty. 
Mm-hmm. We move on. Moritz steals his exam results from the principal's office. Guess what? He passed his exam. How'd he do? He passed. Passed He it. was really nervous. He's not very good in school. He knows that the next grade only accepts 60 people. So he's the cutoff. Wait, we don't know that yet. Um, <laughs> the girls are all hanging out and Marta gets really upset because she has to do everything that her parents tell her to do or else she'll end up like Ilsa who was kicked out of her parents' home. Uh-huh. So, Venla gets really upset with this and she runs into Melchior again in the woods. And she's like, you know, Marta gets, she gets hit. You know, I've never experienced that before. So Venla asks Melchior if he can hit her because she's literally never experienced it before, which is good. You shouldn't have to. So Melchior gets carried away. He hits her with a stick and then he ends up throwing her on the ground. And he gets all messed up because he did not mean to do it. He just got carried away. So Moritz, we're on a different scene now, Moritz goes to his dad and tells him he failed and we watch this heartbreaking scene where his father is so crazy disappointed in him that he basically disowns him. So Moritz writes to his only friend, Melchior's mom, and he's like, hey, can I have- Fanny Gabor. Fanny Gabor. He's like, can I have like a thousand bucks so uh, I can go to America and run away? And she just like flosses over the fact that he mentioned that if he can't run away, he's going to commit suicide. She's like, oh, I'll just tell your parents. And that was not the point of the letter. It was not. So, another hard cut. Melchior is just like really not vibing with himself right now because he feels really bad about hitting Venla. And he's just, he's constantly contemplating life and religion because he's read. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. He reads a lot of books. So he, I didn't even say this. He knows what sexual intercourse is. He has all the answers, basically. But nobody else does because the parents refuse to talk to them. So, Venla comes up to him in the woods or in a hayloft and is like, hey, we're cool. And he's like, yeah. And and then they start to get physical. And the act ends with them having sex, but Venla doesn't understand the repercussions of it, and Melchior does. Act two starts. Curtain up. There's no curtains because it's not that kind of theater. Uh, We cut to Venla and Melchior having coitus. Doing coitus? I don't know how that goes. (laughs) Doing a weed (laughs) in the hayloft. Um, And they just kind of have this, like, self-revelation, like, what did I just do? Because remember, Venla, I'm pretty sure she's 14 years old. She has no clue what she just did. She's never seen a man naked, and he just kind of inserted it. So she is all kinds of messed up. And he's like, what did I just do? I know everything I just did to her. So they both feel very guilty. Hard cut. Melchior. You're doing great with the hard cuts thank tonight. You. Not Melchior. Moritz. Moritz pacing back and forth he's thinking about suicide because his father has kicked him out of his house he disappointed him Moritz he's not only confused about his life like he didn't do well in school he got kicked out but then also like sexually he doesn't know what's happening so he's contemplating suicide and then Ilsa comes around and if you remember Ilsa 
she got kicked out of her house and now she's in like an artist colony. So she tries to help Moritz. He basically refuses. And when she leaves, he's really sad. He's like, oh, I should have gone with her. And then he makes up his mind and he commits suicide. We cut to immediately his funeral. And everybody is dropping their flowers in his grave. Melchior is basically looking dead in the eyes to Moritz's father and is like, you could have given him so much more. And because of the way you raised him and you kept things from him and you weren't there for him, this is what you have to deal with for the rest of your life. Whew! Mm. I need a drink. I'm sorry. This is a lot. It is a lot. And you know whose fault it is? Trick-ass adults. It's fucking boomers, man. Who don't try to build their relationships with their kids. That's if I could blame is. anybody, it would probably be Karen. Nobody else. It would be a boomer. So, are you still with me? I'm 100% with you. What happens after the funeral? Okay, okay. okay. After the funeral, the faculty are like, Melky or Gabor, we really need to talk to you because we found this essay, or the parents gave it to us, so this, oh, fuck. this is why Moritz killed himself. Because of your letter or your essay about sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. That's what they try to frame and it Melchior as. Melchior is like... <laughs> Trick-ass teachers. Melchior is like, I did not do this. I just tried to inform him. There's a moment you know you're fucked, and it's this one right here. So uh-huh. the whole ensemble joins, and it is a fuck fest. It is just messed up because they... These poor kids get blamed for shit that they didn't do. So, so Melchior, Melchior then gets sent to a reformatory school. Expulsion. Next, we see Venla and her mom at the doctor's office because Venla has not been feeling well. The doctor's like, girl, you just got amnesia. It's really okay. Just take... Anemia, not amnesia. <laughs> Anemia, not amnesia. She knows what she did. She didn't forget. Anemia. Sam, what would I do without you? You would have amnesia. So this doctor says, girl, you've got anemia. And then she's like, oh, Mrs. Venla, can I talk to you for a second? And she talks to Mrs. Venla. Mrs. Venla. He whispers to her. And then the mom is like, are you, turns around to Venla and is like, are you, you had sex. And Venla's like, I, what are you talking about? Because this girl has no idea that a penis in a vagina equals sexual intercourse. Like, that, she Mm-mm. doesn't get that. So, basically, her mom's like, you are going to have a baby. And Venla's like, what? I don't love anyone. I, I'm not married. And her mom's like, you know what you did. So, she's all freaked out because she doesn't know what to do. But she writes to Melchior and is like, we're going to have a baby. Melchior... <clears throat> who is expelled is at this reformatory. And these Dilho boys, who are just looking for someone to pick on, start like beating him up and stuff because he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. And they find his letter from Venla, where Venla's like, I am with child. And it is the men who read that out loud to him. Like, Melchior had no idea. Mm-hmm. So now Melchior knows. So he writes to Ilsa. And is like, can you, I, I haven't been able to get in touch with Venla. Like, can you bring her to to the gravesite of Moritz tonight so I can see her? Because I'm going to run away with her and we're going to raise this baby together. 
the girls are like, he doesn't know. Doesn't know what? You're about to find out. So, Melchior's at the grave. He's like, Moritz, I'm, I miss you. And he's like, Venla's supposed to be here any minute. And he's like, it's been a while. And then he steps on this grave. Oh, that's new. Wipes off the snow or whatever is on it. Dust. The tree branches. Dirt. 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 Venla Venla Gabor. That's not her last name. Venla Bergman. Venla Bergman. Venla Bergman. He's like, oh my gosh. So audience, in case you don't know, she had a botched abortion. I skipped that part. Mm -hmm. So when Melchior discovers that Venla and Moritz have both died, his two closest people in the world, he realizes he's love. He loves Venla. He's like, I thought the only thing I can do is also kill myself. And then the ghosts of Venla and Moritz appear and they're like, don't do it. Please just use our stories and go forward. And you will do well. And so Melchior's like, you're right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell your stories and try to open the lines of communication for uncomfortable discussions in the future. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. How did we do it? It was so fast. I know. I'm really good at talking about musicals. Do you want to talk about the time we saw it with um, our field trip? I would love to talk about some personal experiences we have with Spring Awakening. But before we do, I want you to answer another finish. (laughs) Why do you look so so sad? I just wanted to talk about something then every time i try to say something i get interrupted with finish that lyric so let's just get on with it all right this is a fast one it'll be fast it'll be fast here we go don't feel a thing you wish grasping with my fingertips oh i'm so sorry that was so close could you just repeat your answer one more time please his curls with my fingertips. Uh, I'm so sorry. You're so oh. close. The correct lyric is grasping at pearls with my fingertips. I did know that. <laughs> oh, shit. Do you know how I know that lyric? It's from the Miranda Sings cover of Word of Your Body. Guys, a Miranda Sings cover. Oh, she song. goes grasping at pearls <laughs> with my fingertips. <laughs> Oh my god, I'll send it to you. I'm going to post that as our Sing It Sundays. 
<laughs> Miranda. So Amanda, this production, the or Spring Awakening, has embarked on several major national tours and international productions, and it actually Girl, had. I its know we saw it first. We did see it. We saw, I think, the first national. Because that must have been like two thousand eight or nine, two thousand nine or ten. Two thousand nine. So the Spring Awakening had its first Broadway revival in two thousand fifteen, which was mounted by Deaf West Theater out in California. The cast was made up of both deaf and hard of hearing actors who performed the show in English and American Sign Language simultaneously with hearing actors. After running for almost a year out in California, the production opened on Broadway, where it ran for over four months in 2015. It was nominated for Best Revival of a Musical and gave us the great work of Ali Stroker. It only ran for four months. That's Yeah, it ran from September to January. I remember when it was when it was um playing i wanted to see it so bad yeah we were in college all right now do you want to talk about our personal experiences i want to talk about when we went to boston to see the national tour of spring awakening i mean can i start and then can i start about can i talk about leading up to the going and then you can talk about the actual experience of going i didn't i didn't realize there was a leading up to so please do so i found out that spring awakening was coming to boston oh okay and i wanted to go (laughs) So you went... And our music department went to Boston quite often to go see shows. We would see uh, The Phantom of the Opera. We saw Wicked. We saw The Lion King. I didn't see The Lion King, but everybody did. Yeah. And I found out that Spring Awakening was coming. I found out that Spring Awakening was coming. And I said, excuse me, Mr. Music Teacher, who is a listener of the podcast. So, Mr. DeRocher, if you're listening... I said, can we go see Spring Awakening? And he said, oh, what's it about? And I was like, oh, it's just like a rock (laughs) musical. (laughs) That's what I told him. And he was like, okay. And then sometimes what our music teachers would do, because we had like, we had a choral teacher who did the music directing for the musicals. And we had a band teacher who built all the sets. And sometimes what they would do to us is they'd be like, I don't know, go ask. It was like when you go to ask your parents something. (laughs) And, and, and your dad is like, go ask your mom. And then your mom's like, go ask your dad. Well, sometimes our music teachers... Did they do that to you? Of course they did, constantly. They did it to you, too. So sometimes funny. I would go to one of them and say, can we? Can we? Can I do this thing? And he'd say, I don't know, go ask the other music teacher. And so I'd go ask the other music teacher, and he'd say, I don't know, go ask the other music teacher. Also, when our choreographer came into the play, it was mostly... <laughs> it was mostly go ask, go ask the choreographer. Yeah. Who's also a listener of the pod. So... I went to the band teacher and I said, can we go see this musical? I said, he said, what's it about? And I said, well, it's a little, it's a little racy. And he's like, okay, why don't you write a little disclaimer? And if parents agree to it, we can go. I was like, okay, great. So I wrote this like flyer that I sent out to every single parent. And I was like, I mind you, I'm like 16 years old. And I was like, we're going, we want to go see Spring Awakening. It deals with mature themes. Um, please let us go. And people, I would say probably about what, 25 of us? Wound up going. Ah, uh, that's a big number. It, it was, was a less, small. But... Okay, maybe it was like 20, like 15 or 20. Yeah. But a decent amount of, of school kids went to see this production, and then we got to Boston. So our music teacher has a great story about not really doing any research as to what the show is actually about. They just kind of believed me and said yes. So they sat with us at the show because they were our chaperones yeah, as well. And the show starts to thematically increase in... Uh, <laughs> dramatics themes of sexual abuse pedophilia physical abuse and sex begin to unfold on stage and 
our music teachers were sitting amongst us watching the events of the show unfold. And he just has this great story about sitting next to a student that he did not even really know that well while they were watching two actors uh, simulate copulation on stage. And I think that that is what it's all about, folks. You think that's what it's all about? I think that's what it's all about. I think it's about getting, it's about tearing down the shroud of mystery surrounding sex. Wouldn't you agree? I remember singing Mama Who Bore Me in my senior recital in high school. Mm-hmm. Did you know what it was and even about? Not having a damn clue what I was singing about. Isn't that fun? Take a drink. I just said the D word. You're The D word. Yeah, no, I'm not good at this, remember? <clears throat> Amanda, have you ever been in Spring Awakening? No, and how? How atrocious is that? <laughs> well, I have been in Spring Awakening. Ask me how many times. I don't care. I've been in Spring Awakening twice, thank you for asking. Yeah. I know you have. And have you seen me in either of those productions? No. You didn't see the college? You haven't seen either of them? No. You didn't see the one in college? Do you not remember this whole thing? No. I was at Messiah College, and you and, like, made and you made other people call me all the time like Amanda please come please come and I would cry myself to sleep every night because I could not see you in I have no recollection of this because I came to visit you while you guys were in rehearsals I do remember that but I do not remember, I remember you me begging me you I tweeted tech. No you took me to you took me to tech of the other show the anatomy of grey Oh yes 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 I like snuck you into the back of that I do remember that so, no, I did not see it, and I was very heartbroken. I think my mom went. I think she did as well. But I didn't. So when I did the show in college, it was directed by... Uh, you tried to get me a You tried to get me a tape. You literally tried to Oh, so I did. I did try to get you it recorded, but he didn't have it. Um, it, anyway. it was directed by Morgan Murphy, who is a director of Meisner... Meisner's work, he approaches all of his shows that way. So he did a lot of kind of weird exercises to prep for that show. It was sort of the first time that I felt really emotionally vulnerable in a rehearsal process, which was really weird. And I like cried in rehearsals and it was like very moving and emotional. The second time that I did the show was a very small regional production. And I played Otto the first time. Sorry, let me, let me catch you there. I played Otto. And then the second time I played Georg. And I did that second production at a very small regional theater in New Hampshire. The theme of that production was like Black Mirror and technology. It was like, what if like sex was totally censored all the time and nobody knew what sex was? Like no kids knew what sex was. That's cool. It was interesting. So we had like all of the students had like tablets and like during Bitch of Living, they like all synchronized and like had the same images on them like at the same time. Yeah. So that production was really interesting. We filmed this like cool video that played during um song of purple summer at the very end of the show and then we all got naked you got naked mm-hmm. like butt ass stage naked. yeah like butt ass naked and walked off stage like your penis was on stage not my penis but my butt why because it was like the kids were being reborn because they like learned about sex so you mooned the audience we all got naked people got like fully naked i didn't but everybody else, like most most everybody else got like fully naked Sam, do you want to talk about favorite parts? I would love oh, to talk about favorite first, parts, but first... Let's talk about a let's lyric. Let's finish that lyric. Shocker. Woo! All right, this is a tricky one. You want to know why? They're all tricky. Why? Because it's not on the cast album. 
this is a lyric to a song to part of a song that is not included on the cast album of Spring Awakening. Is it Word of Your Body Reprise? It is not. Then I definitely don't know. Word of Your Body Reprise is is on the cast album. Not not reprise number one. Not reprise number one. You're correct. Reprise number one is is sung by Georg and Otto. That's number two. <clears throat> You're right. Nope, that's number one. And then Hanschen and Ernst. Ernst. Yep. Yep. yep sing yep. reprise number right. two. I two. I knew that though. Okay. You did. So what song is it from then? I can't tell you unless you ask me. So the lyric is, the sadness, the doubt, the loss, the grief. The mother, the father, where's the beef? <laughs> Next question, please. I'm lightheaded, I can't breathe. <laughs> where's the beef? Where's the beef? Not beef. Not beef. I hate you. So much. The mother, the daughter. I'm changing that. Our, our Instagram bio is now going to read the Buzz Broadway podcast. The mother, the daughter, where's the beef? As brought to you by. Why are you like this? No. What song is it? Did you take a sip? Yeah. Okay, take another one because I'm mad at you. Mm-hmm. This is okay. the. <laughs> this. Lyric is the opening of the Song of Purple Summer in the actual version of the show. The Song of Purple Summer has a little, a little introduction that begins with lyrics. um, Listen to what's in the heart of a child. uh, Something, something, something. But this lyric, uh, the sadness, the doubt, the loss, the grief will belong to some play from the past. I'm going to drink because I sang. Mother, daughter. Where's the beef? No. And the and little Easter egg wait. of this lyric is that Ilsa is saying, so the original show, the original Frond Wiedekind Spring Awakening ended with Melchior leaving with Venla's grave and just riding off, like going to find himself. There was actually like a, like a, a ghostly figure that like hovered over him and then he like walked away. But what this lyric... Can I finish what I'm saying, please? It's important. So... (laughs) What this lyric is saying is that this version of the show has a resolution. In this version of the show, Melchior devotes his life to telling Venla and Moritz's story. So Ilsa is saying, the sadness, the doubt, the loss, the grief will belong to some play from the past. Meaning... That ending is from the other show, from the other version of this story. And I think that's oh, cool. That's very cool. All right. Amanda, are you ready? For what's your favorite part? I'm so ready. I want to go first. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so first I want to say, basically all the harmonies in every song that is in this musical. Mm-hmm. I, one of my favorite things in music is like so when we were in college we were in chamber singers and we would do something called soul train which is where it was only one on a part to show that you knew your your vocal part 
and you would just sing eight voices or whatever. And I thrived on that. I loved it. And I think that's why I love this musical so much is because so many of them are on their own individual part. Yep. Oh, yeah. And oh, God, what I would give to be one of those actors. Did I also tell you that when we did this in college, our music director added a bunch of harmonies, so it was even more so you like tell this? Me that. As of right now, like, because there's six boys and there's five girls. So most of the time, like, at least one or two of the girls are on their own part. And then some of the most of the time, the boys have, like, one other person mimicking their part. But he added so many harmonies that a lot of times we were really only singing one part. Which is wild because it's already so many different vocals. I know, I know. And he added a lot of stuff so that we were really all singing. Anyway. I specifically want to mention the harmonies in songs such as Mama Who Bore Me Reprise. Mm. The My Junk Chorus. Oh, wow. Um, The Build Up of Touch Me, the very end. Do you die? I die. I die. Um, All of I Believe. Mm-hmm. And the penultimate moment of Song of Purple Summer. Wow. It's just... the, the These are probably some of the tightest harmonies I've heard in a musical, like, in a long time. I just really love One on a Part. Who doesn't? So, yeah. So that's my first one. Great, 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 great. Lay some more on me. Um, I love, it's all, I think they're all music. <laughs> I love um, The Dark I Know Well, specifically because the entire song between the two actors is in unison, which is unifying them. Mm-hmm. And I find that so powerful because Duncan Sheik uses so much harmony to tell the story. And he just makes this whole song unison. It gives me chills mm. the way that he did that. Do Fuck yeah. Of course I do. Okay. And I swore. Toss it back. Yes. <clears throat> oh, touch me. When everyone in the ensemble goes, oh my God. Oh, oh. it's chilling. It's because we're having sex. I love it. They're like, it's like, a, oh, it's spooky. They're touching themselves. But they're touching themselves. Don't I know it? And then, for the first time, I kind of really listened to all the lyrics in the show. Mm-hmm. So the lyrics specifically in Left Behind, all things he never did are left behind, mm-hmm. really, really got to me. Bye. If you don't know what I'm talking about, this is the song after Moritz commits suicide. And he's singing, uh, Melchior singing to his father. All things this kid did, guess what? He'll never do. Mm-mm. It's just it's just a lot. All right, what are your favorite parts? All right, while you were talking, I added one, so I now have eight. But I'm going to move fast. <laughs> so when I first discovered this show, I obviously loved The Mama Who Bore Me Reprise. How does everybody not love that? But the show had a lot of updates from their cast recording to what now is is the Spring Awakening score. There were a lot of drums added into Mama Who Bore Me Reprise to show the girls sort of anger and frustration at the misinformation that was given to them by their mothers. So I would say my first favorite part is the drums in the Mama Who Bore Me Reprise. There's like an extra beat of of bass drum at the very end of the song. So right now the song ends like, I'm not sleeping in heaven or Bethlehem, two, three, four, one, two, three. And then the four, the last beat on four is silent there's nothing that happens there but in the updated score when you see the show there's a big giant bass drum beat right on four 
or Bethlehem. Oh. Two, three, four, one, two. Sorry, it's on three. Okay, so four is still silent. That's still pretty powerful. Four is still silent, but there's a big bass drum beat on three to finish off the song. And it just sends me to another world. There's so much added percussion. The next thing I want to talk about is the first time that we hear electric guitar in the show, which is the opening of Bitch of Living, which is a song Mm -hmm. about masturbation and puberty and sexual frustration. Also, have a sip. Thank you. You made these rules, sir, and you're And it's your job to keep me on top of them, okay? I'm doing it. So I just find the use of electric guitar in the show extremely powerful. There was a concert production of Spring Awakening that took place in Los Angeles, and they amped up all of the orchestrations. You can find a couple singles from that production available on streaming websites. And uh, they really added more electric guitar into the arranging and the orchestrations of the show, and I find it to be extremely powerful. My next favorite part is the reveal of the onstage ensemble. So the reason that Duncan wrote this show at the time that he did is because he recognized all of these parallels between that late 19th century Germany and things that were happening in 90s and early 2000s America. Ah, he's so good. So what he did and what uh, Michael Meyer did uh, in directing the show is he put the four swings who were in the show, including Krista Rodriguez and Jennifer Damiano, hidden ensemble members in the onstage seating of the show. And they were first revealed during My Junk, I believe. And they would pull microphones from inside their clothing and rock out with the rest of the cast on stage during larger group numbers. And I find it they would they would move spastically and really be enthusiastic. And I can just imagine, I mean, I saw it and was moved by it when I saw it at age 16, but I can imagine being on stage watching the show and all of a sudden the person that you've been sitting next to for the last 25 minutes of the show suddenly gets up and starts dancing and singing. And that would be like mm-hmm. so moving I to me. That. All right, next up, the final choruses of I Believe. Just sort of like wrapping around Venla and Melchior's lines as they begin to experience sex for the first time. So crazy. And all of the strange parallels to like biblical text and like religion the fact they're talking about god and like sinning and the fact that sex is good but it's bad but it's natural like all of those things um you talked about how much you love left behind i want to talk a little bit about a little tiny thing that happens in there during the i believe Mm -hmm. it's this like second or second to last chorus there's a little trio i think it's Taya, marta and anna and they sing each on their own part, this little tiny um, un- like background vocals behind Melchior singing the chorus. And you can just barely hear it if you listen on the cast recording. But it's just these little like mournful, like angelic, like ahs that come behind Melchior. Gets me every time. If you haven't heard that part yet, go onto the cast album and re-listen. It's so beautiful. Next up, Totally Fucked. Take another sip. Yep. You cannot tell me, if you were anywhere between the age of 14 and 17 when this show came out, you did not love jamming out to this song. It is the biggest F you in the world. It feels so good. Um, I just, yeah. I love this song. Next, Those You've Known. Uh, uh, just chilling three-part harmonies. The, the way that the vocals wrapped around each other. I love like a trio at the end of a show. 
I think a lot about... Uh, I love a trio. I love a trio, period. I love a piano. Yeah. I love... Piano. I love Lamp. He plays the violin. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Who plays the violin? He plays the violin. Who's he? I don't know. That's a song from 1776. Oh, I love a piano. I was thinking of... Uh, 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 Irving Berlin. I know you were spring, not spring awakening. White Christmas. Sure, 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 sure. They sing it in White Christmas. They do. But also, you don't know 1776. Not at all. What a fucking bop. Not at all. Man, that musical slap. Just like a 17. Sit, sit, 17. 1789. Okay, anyway. Okay, continue. Um, I think a lot about, I know this is like not a great trio, but I think a lot about, um, uh, the final trio at the end of Phantom of the Opera for some reason and this kind of reminds me of that oh. just like everybody's vocals like nobody's yeah. nobody's really singing in unison they're all singing their different parts but it all just I don't know and then finally I want to talk about the updated arrangement of the Song of Purple Summer there are more harmonies added in that are not on the cast album Oof. there's an intro that is not on the cast album it is mm-hmm. a beautiful ending to a beautiful show and it just wraps everything up so perfectly Amanda, right before we get to our next category, I have one final finish that lyric for you. Are you ready? Just one more? Just one more. It's the last one. Okay. Are you ready? I'm a little drunk, so I hope I can get okay, it. Okay, I think it's going to be good. Are you ready? Yes. Is it from Mama Who Bore Me? I know. It goes like this. Litera multum ile. <laughs> Fuck. Finish that lyric. <laughs> Finish that lyric. Oh, you're such an asshole. <laughs> Litera multum ile. It's serum, sili, boku. Not ile. quite. You sound like a Sanderson Dunge. sister doing a hex on a boy to turn him into a cat. Break the bones. I'm and so sorry. The correct <laughs> lyric is et teris iactatus et alto. Please take a sip. And now you're done. How does it feel? I got one out of four, one out of five. I think that's correct. Yes, Amanda, I'm ready. Do you want to talk about the Edwina Spoon Apple Acting Award? Yeah, I went first in the last one, so you go first. All right, I don't have anyone because the show is not about acting to me. Uh, So that's my answer. (laughs) So sorry. (laughs) I really cannot think of anyone. Everybody in the original cast was like, they, they, I don't know, this sounds awful, but they don't stand out individually to me because they were such a tight-knit group of kids, like the actor, like Jonathan mm-hmm. Groffley and Michelle. Like, nobody individually stands out because they were all so talented, separate, like, like as one group. You know what I mean? So I guess, like, all of them. Okay, I'm giving mine specifically to Jonathan Groff. Okay. Because he actually did stand out to me okay. when I was re-watching it. He is a brilliant actor. He's a brilliant actor and singer. And his character kind of stuck out to me okay. more than I have experienced in the past. Okay. I've just, I don't know. I got a whole kind of different side of Milk Yore when I watched it this last hmm. time. So and maybe it made me enjoy Jonathan Groff's performance more. But I remember, like, I don't know what to do with Leah Michelle in this day and age. <laughs> but Is she canceled? Is she allowed? What is she? I don't really know, but I can say that she is dang talented in this. Her voice is outstanding, and she worked on the material for so long that That's she, so she just, like, was Venla, you know what I mean? It's just, she probably sings this music the most beautiful anyone ever has. Mm. It just fits her so well, and that's probably because she helped be a part of the writing of it, <laughs> so. Correct. Um, what about your climb every mountain? 
I think that this is the best teenage angst musical. Period. That's great. You so what about our climb of your mountain award? I think that this is the ape. I think that this is the climax for teenage angst musicals. Do you want me to say Duncan Cheek? Is that what you want me to say? Is that going to make you feel better? That's how I put it. <laughs> well, we don't have to agree. I think that... I didn't know that you could put just just a thing. Well, I put jukebox musicals for Rock of Ages, Miss Mary. Oh, you're right. And I put chocolate for <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> yeah. And what, what, which one actually holds up better, huh? Jukebox musicals. So continue. Continue. I think you can, like, include hair in that. You can include, uh, 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 uh... Ooh, good American one. Idiot. Listen, <laughs> Miss. You are really feeling some type of way tonight. And I and your mother don't appreciate it. I I and your mother and father and where's the beef don't appreciate it. <laughs> so I need you to cool it down. Well, I had Duncan Sheik and Steven Slater. Sater. Yeah, you're right. Steven I wrote Sater. Slater. Steven Sater. I <laughs> think that Christian Slater and... That's <laughs> what I keep trying to say. And Kristen Chenoweth. I think AC Slater and Kristen Chenoweth did a great job writing Spring Awakening. Imagine Kristen Chenoweth as, as Venla. Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen Chenoweth as adult women, I would buy. I'd be ready for that. The comedy and the comedy and drama of it all. I want to talk for a second, though, about Dream Rolls because I've never been in this okay. show. And right before we do that, I... oh, surprise! It's an ambush final finish that lyric. Bow, 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 bow. I fooled you. <laughs> How does it feel? It feels... It feels threatening. <laughs> um, a little bit like bullying. I would know. I was bullied in the sixth grade. I was also bullied, so... okay? Jason Bohan threw a carton of school milk on my back. I would call that bullying. So, anyway, here's your finish that lyric. Thank you. Oh my God. Huge and dark. Oh, our hearts. Can you tell me what song it's from? Yes, I can. It is from The Guilty Ones. Act 2 opener. Can you repeat the words? Huge and dark, oh, our hearts. We'll follow the sirens in the sky. Close, but not quite. The correct lyric is, we'll murmur the blues from on high. Please take two sips. I get, I get like... The rhyme. You get the rhyme. You know kind of what they're saying. You just are never really listening. I can hear at least the melody. <laughs> Why can't you ask me to sing the melody? Um, because that's not. I the game. did go to school for music. It also doesn't. It also doesn't sound. Sing that melody. <laughs> doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> now can I talk about my starring role of being in this? Yes, you can. Who would you like to play? The chair. So. Would you like to play so, the hayloft? Yes, have sex on me, people. <laughs> ew, ew. Would love that. Mm. I, so. Backtrack. Take it back. Strike, strike that, reverse it. I love this music. I think I would personally love to play either Venla or Marta, but strictly in a concert version of the musical. Okay. Don't want to do any of the acting. Just want to do the singing. I I could do the acting, but not the movements. Like, I just feel like personally, 
I'm a stronger singer than I am an actor. Okay. So I would, but and I love this music. I think I would do the harmonies well. I think I would add to that. And so, but I also love Venla's music. Well, the trouble with this music, and this is not shade at the original company, but the trouble with this music is that the inclin the the inclination when you're singing rock music and specifically this kind of like late 90s style early 2000s alternative rock style is to really sit on your soft palate and to really sit like right on top of the pitch and so something that a lot of my music directors when i've done the show have talked about is that you need to sing the songs you need to like approach your your vocal technique in this show specifically and really any rock musical with the music theory and like training and technique of a legit singer because the minute that you're singing in like a six part harmony and one person starts to really lay into that sound of like angsty Kurt Cobain Nirvana like Duncan Sheik style the entire chord's gonna get thrown off yeah which is why the show needs strong singers uh, strong strong singers 100% yes and then I also really, I don't think there's ever a world where there would need to be a gender bent Melchior, but I just really love the role of Melchior and I would do anything to play it. it there would need to be a male Venla in order for that to happen because the right. show is Right, I don't see the point. Getting like, I pregnant. Personally wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way to direct that, but I just really love the role of Melchior and Melchior's music. Sam... Let's Amanda? end this episode by letting everyone know that I have successfully gotten drunk. I'm so happy for you. How do you feel? I think I just told you. Great. And I would like to end this episode by telling you that I have one final you finish. Not? That you're right. I don't. I don't. But can you imagine? No. Then I was excited. You actually just got my hopes up for no, nothing. No, I didn't. I. I. Here, think of one right now. Okay. You ready? All right, I have one more for you. Are you ready to hear what it is? Yeah. Okay. This one is from a song that I know that you know, so you can actually keep this one in because I know that you're going to know it. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. 76 trombones led the big parade. 110. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm kidding. It's over. Goodbye, everyone. It's been nice knowing you. (laughs) Stay tuned next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information on how to support our podcast, visit bpn.fm slash buzzbroadway or on Instagram at buzzbroadwaypodcast. Buzz Broadway is conceived and hosted by Amanda Harrington and Sam St. Jean with editing by Amanda Harrington. Original music by Carl Pariso with arrangements by Patrick Doro. This is a Broadway Podcast Network production. As always, thank you to our sponsors, to BPN, and to our listeners. See you next time. Buzz Broadway. Buzz Broadway. So just press play today. Sometimes when I laugh, my whistle tones are really I know, I know. That's how you know you're drunk. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.